everyone, this is Regina. So glad you could join us today. We want you to know that we record live on Clubhouse every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Let's get into our discussion today. Dear Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you now. Dear Lord, seeking your will, your way, your heart, your mind, your desires. I ask that you bless each and every one involved with uh, today's conversation. Let the, uh, your wisdom come through as we as uh, mere vessels to be used by you. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And we're going to get started by talking about... Um, the first chapter in Kevin's book, Woke Up. Great. I'm just trying to get the link to set up. Kevin, I see you're available to talk. So you want to just tell everybody about how you got to the point of writing the book, and then we're going to have a discussion about your first chapter. Excellent. Excellent. So um, so here's the deal. Um, what I realized is that there's a lot of everybody is being declared woke. And some are being declared woke and love it, relish in it. And some are being declared woke and they don't want any parts of it. Uh, you know, like pastors, for instance. Oh, you did this? Oh, you woke. And pastor would say, no, no, I'm not really, you know, that kind of thing. And then you have, you know, just the entirety of the woke, I would call it, I would characterize it as a movement uh, all happening in sort of some sort of confluence. And I'm thinking, what is woke? Where does it come from? And can we come up with some kind of understanding about how to navigate it? Is it sincere? Is it contrived? Who started it? What are the roots of it? Those kinds of questions are the questions that I was thinking. And so, like in my other books, you know, Holy Spirit gives me a divine download and gives me some revelation. So I said, okay. So I started to think about, well, um, I'm hearing that wokeism is uh, part and parcel uh, synonymous with Marxism. So I said, okay. Well, why don't I really try to determine via Marxism um, the roots of wokeism. And I really felt a divine nudge saying, no, 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 no. Marx literally had a start. He had a mentor. He had a, a discipler who gave him some of the, you know, his, his primary thinking. So you need to start there. So I'm thinking, okay. Looking at Marx's works, I realized that Marx uh, dedicated all of his early works to Charles Robert Darwin. So that was interesting because I'm thinking, oh, wow, I didn't know that there was a real connection between Karl Marx and, and Engels, Friedrich Engels, and Darwin. But anyway, I started with Darwin. So I, I took a look at Darwin's work. Uh, the first thing that I realized was, wow, Darwin was really quite a notorious racist. I mean, his first book, his first book was, uh, it was on natural selection, and the subtitle was For the Preservation of Most Favored Races in the, uh, in the Search for Life, or in the, you know, basically connoting that there are, there is a such a thing as favored races, and everybody's looking for that, you know, that, th those scarcity of resources. And so Marx, I mean, uh, Darwin had a particular mindset that was kind of along those lines. And so I said, okay, well, wow, well, let, let's start with uh, Darwin and see where this goes. And in looking at Darwin's work, um, it was all of it literally is infused with racism. And, and not like subtle or, you, you know, accidental or, no, I mean, manifest racism. So by today's terms, Darwin and all of his works should be should be off all the shelves based on based on the wokesters in their their 
commitment to cancel anything and everything that does not that 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 is synonymous with white supremacy and racism. If they're sincere about that, they would go to every bookshelf in America. They'd make sure that every statue and every likeness of Charles Darwin would be gone. Because in his second book, The Descent of Man, Darwin goes into detail about his white supremacy and about uh, his, his racism towards blacks. He literally says that, you know, we whites, we, and, and I'm just, I'm giving you a sort of paraphrase. He didn't say this. I'm giving you a paraphrase. You know, we, we sort of need to protect our heritage and the purity of our, of our, you know, lineage. And therefore, um, uh, because we, we are supreme, we have a supreme intellect and a supreme resourcefulness and a supreme, uh, we, we know how to, you know, really, you know, take care of ourselves and manifest fully as a, as a pure Aryan, white, Caucasian, European race. He says, but on the other hand, we have these blacks. And he says, they're tantamount to, they're, they're, they're still on their evolutionary trek. They're tantamount to apes and savages, gorillas. Uh, they're subhuman. These are, so in that, in those statements, you see both white supremacy, you know, hey, we have, you know, the pure Aryan white, and uh, you have, you know, the, the racism. That's just clear. And so, uh, you know, with, with that in mind, seems like the wokesters would be up in arms that they would make sure that Darwin is not taught anywhere in our, in our public school systems or in any school systems. But yet, you know, here we are in all the school systems and all the scientific community, pretty much over 90% of them, are in full embrace of Darwin. So, so anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll take a break here and then we can talk a little bit more, but uh, is there any, is that? Yeah, that gives us an, a good start. And so um, I'm going to read some sections from your book. We can talk about it because I, I think that as we, as we move through this discussion what we want people to hear and to engage in conversation is to be able to, at some point, be comfortable really understanding what wokeism is, what it does, where they stand on it, and how to effectively communicate that to uh, friends and family, and then be able to use that knowledge to decipher through all the things that we see on the news all the things we see in the papers and see what is the, what is truth and what is fallacy? What is um, a real manipulation of, of culture? I'm on page 13. I don't know if it's the same numbers cause I, I have a different transcript, but I'm in the first chapter and I'm down at the subtitle called an awakening. So I want to read this and then ask a few questions. One would think the fundamental point of being woke is to be awakened. We should all want to be enlightened and awakened to what is really happening. For example, if systemic racism is really occurring and is everywhere, as posited by wokesters, we should want to be awakened to do something about it. On the other hand, if wokeism unprincipally relies on false narratives and is born of nefarious forces intended to manipulate cultures and societies, then we should want to be awakened to those, albeit inconvenient truths, as well. Logically, we must be ready to confront the truth wherever we find it, if it challenges us to reject our prevailing thoughts and opinions, so be it. If it goes against our socio-political ideology, so be it. If by way of facts and truths, we are presented with wholly incongruent, and I mean wholly as in whole, W-H-O-L-L-Y. We are presented with wholly incongruent and inconvenient roots of wokeism that force us to change direction away from personal leanings and preferences, thereby adopting of a new mindset, so be it. 
Die-hard progressive wokesters generally tend to be driven by emotions, and there is no doubt that newfound truth will be held with some level of internal turmoil, suspicion, and rejection. But the plethora and the preponderance of truth will prevail. Personal honesty is key. To sincerely explore this subject matter requires people willing to be thoughtful and honest with themselves. Deception, especially self-deception, will not produce anything fruitful. It only encourages more momentum toward further lies and deception, which erodes and ultimately destroys the soul. Consider these questions about your sincere mindset. Should I attempt to understand wokeism better? Am I willing to consider points of view that may differ from my predisposition? Am I willing to explore facts and truth even if they are inconvenient to my prevailing thoughts? If new facts are presented that empower me to understand factual root causes of white supremacy and racism in America, am I willing and able to embrace a change in mindset? Am I going to allow myself to be woked up? And I'm ending with, Preeminent American economist and historian Thomas Sowell illuminates the level of absurdity that must be confronted in an attempt to overcome arcane ideological mindset. Sowell poses a question that must be pondered as it confirms and reveals our current stage. Have we reached the ultimate stage of absurdity? I'm quoting Thomas Sowell now. Have we reached the ultimate stage of absurdity where some people are held responsible for things that happened before they were born, while other people are not held responsible for what they themselves are doing today. Thomas Sowell and says, let's get woked up. Let's kind of dissect this. And so Lonnie, I want to hear from you when we ask some of these questions. Should I attempt to understand wokeism better? And am I willing to consider points of view that may differ from my predisposition? You want to answer those? Sure. Uh, Regina, I want to just quickly mention also that um, as Kevin was speaking, I was reminded of the fact that in grade school, there was never any, um, any mention of Charles Darwin and links to abject racism. It was always talked about in terms of him having this unique uh, understanding of uh, evolution and um, all the great attributes of, of that, but never as, as an... Um, it was positioned as, as, instead of creation, and they were talking about evolution. I'm, I'm a child of the 70s. But I find it interesting. There was no mention whatsoever about Charles Darwin. So I, I think it, it, that speaks to some of the understanding of wokeism is that if you don't know your, or the history, the true history, if it hasn't been depicted to you and, 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 and you're, not, you're not learned and that you would be able to go out on your own and learn, we can find out the true history of what's taking place in our nation and in the world in general, uh, you can be easily misled into the mindset uh, that is wokeism. And so I just found that interesting, thought I would mention that, that uh, um, no mention whatsoever, and I'm a child of the 70s, that means when I was in grade school, that was in the late 60s going into the 70s, and there was never any mention about uh, racism, nor was there any mention um, from uh, concerning Karl Marx, and I was a history student. So I hope that answers some of uh, what you're asking, pointing to these points that are brought up in Kevin's book. Can I uh, chime in on that as well? Sure, Kevin, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, so, so what is, um, you know, the point that's being made here is that wokeism is an amorphic veneer for many, you know, sort of uh, evolving uh, issues. So we see wokeism cloaked in racism, white supremacy, and privilege. Any of those things, you know, and when people shout and point fingers, those are the people that are deemed, okay, you're woke because you, you know what's really going on here. But then you see it morph into uh, sexism, misogyny, and intersectionality and LGBTQ, you know, et cetera. 
So now it's gone into transgenderism and all these other things. So what I want everybody to understand about wokeism is there is no real fundamentals. There are no real principles that you as a wokester can say, hey, this is what we're really all about. Because once you say that, once you declare that, it morphs into even more. It'll spread more and more. Uh, it's spreading now to the church where everybody that's evangelical are now, um, the wokesters are calling them, oh, okay, you're a uh, Christian nationalist. You know, so it's just going to continue and continue, but it's all based on the sort of emotional response to the things that, you know, really a, a politically ideological uh, faction doesn't like. So if they don't like something of a particular ideological persuasion, then they'll label it something... Um, you know, sort of, uh, uh, they'll demonize it and label it something and then expect, and, and then of course they get, the whole woke movement to pile on with that. But when you ask somebody, okay, what does that really mean? What do you really stand for? And can you like put a peg in the ground and say, this is it? it it's, there's, there's really nothing there. It's an emotion about the things that are perceived as wrong or unjust. And so they put this emotional, you know, sort of blanket over it and say, okay, boom, that's, you know, that's, that's wrong. That's, that's, you know, privileged, that's supremacist, that's nationalist, that's the, and it's like, well, okay, well, where are we starting from? How do I, as a wokester, know what I should label next as, you know, whatever, whatever. And, and they can't because it's not it's not that kind of a thing. It's an emotional thing based on really fundamentally an ideological frame. And if those things don't fit comfortably in that particular ideological frame, they're labeled something, you know, uh, sort of nefarious and demonized and all of that. And then that all of the others of that ideological frame in being woke are expected to pile on. I hope this is making sense. <laughs> Basically, I'm saying this starts from nothing, and it, it's 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 principally founded in nothing, you know, other than emotion, and, and uh, so the outcome is really kind of, you know, I don't. Uh, there's not. It's illogical. It's not a principled outcome, and the outcomes that I'm talking about are outcomes like, okay, we're going to cancel you. Oh, okay, we're going to dox you. Oh, okay, we're going to kick you off of our platforms and censor you. Oh, okay, we're going to make sure that all the whites don't have a voice. Okay, we're going to, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And it's like, well, principally, where does that come from? And how do I, as a wokester, stand wholeheartedly, hand in hand, and believe in what I'm doing? And that's the thing that's missing with the whole woke the veneer of wokeism is that there's there's really nothing there. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. Or am I talking out the side of my neck? I don't know. Can, uh, can, I, can I jump in here, Regina? Yes, and then I'm going to see if anyone on platform wants to comment. Go ahead, Lenny. Okay, so if I hear you correctly, uh, Kevin, what you're stating is um, it's, it's an ideology that's been adapted and then adopted into the framework that it's used today. Early on, as I mentioned, during my childhood, it was... Um, the roots of it um, were, were taking root in legitimizing, you know, evolution and so forth to make it a viable option early on. And today, a generally accepted um, belief system. And now it's morphed into something that ultimately has to do with the separation of, um, of the races, um, depicting one race as superior and the other one is, is heavily steeped in victimhood because of that or its depiction of being superior and what it's doing to a a, a quote, uh, victimized people. Uh, did that kind of hit the nail on the head or at least got close? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, we're tracking. So it's, 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 it's fascinating how, how it can morph. It's not based in any type of reality. And now it's turned into something that's a generally accepted practice. And you have people who uh, champion this um, and, and the merits of it, uh, not fully understanding what the, what the roots are. I, I was jotting some notes down earlier uh, pertaining to uh, the call today, 
And um, the thing that I jotted down is it's wokeism is based on a it's it's based on a skewed view of history. If you correctly understand what history is, because you know history and know the true merits of history and not the contrived history that's being depicted, you know, within media and what have you, and even in schools in many instances, then you develop a mindset and a belief in something that's not even genuine, though it may strike your warm and fuzzies as feeling good because you hear great messaging surrounding, and I don't mean that in a good tense, but the great message because of the marketing aspect of it. And so I jotted down, it's a denial of um, ultimately of the authenticity of Holy Scripture, if it can be more to the point. Absolutely. Great. I'm done, Gina. Okay. Whenever you're done, if you turn your mic off, then I'll know you're done. <laughs> That'll help me. <laughs> okay, I'm That'll still be learning. a cue. Um, so I see three people. They may have just come on to hear better. Uh, Jordan, Jackie, and Aim. Do any of you have a comment or want to ask a question while we're having this discussion? I I want to step back from where Kevin and Lonnie are and just kind of ground it in some things that that have been difficult for me to understand. You're saying that it it's founded on nothing and it's emotion. And so it kind of reminds me, I remember I in high school or whenever, we used to have this comment, oh, he's just a paper tiger. You know, he's just a paper tiger, meaning it looks fierce and ferocious, but, you know, you wet it and the paper crumbles and it, there's no strength to it. But yet perception is reality to many people. And we kind of, it's a, it's a very interesting line to walk because what happened to George Floyd is very real, right? So anyone viewing that is going to have emotion, Right. Anyone hearing that story outside the country, inside the country, you know, in China, Japan, wherever, where where other countries, the citizens are often killed by authorities. You know, there are different perceptions depending on where you are. And a lot of what started happening with George, I was not even in the country. I was in, in Vietnam at the time. Living five years in a communist country gave me, just looking at the people, how they lived and what they were up against, uh, gave me, I think, just this perspective about what it, it means to be an American citizen and, you know, some of the things that were happening and really, you know, because BLM was just beginning to come up then while I was overseas. And so the idea that wokeism is maybe difficult for some people to swallow. And I can just be transparent about myself that it, it was the, the idea of being woke was a wrong thing. You know, talking to my girlfriend on the phone, I remember even a couple of years ago, just before BLM became BLM, we were like, girl, are you woke? She's like, yeah, I'm woke. I'm like, you better be woke about your kids. You know, you better be woke about what's going on with them. What we have here is this kind of really cultural discussion and word that meant stay awake and know what's going on around you. And I think that's the insidiousness of evil. Because when the serpent approached Eve, he did not come at her with something way out of left field. You know, like, oh, you should take this knife and stab your husband. Or, oh, you should set fire to all these these things. Right? Evil never comes at us in this big, you know, monster. Now, when you're a kid, you know, shadows are monsters. The closet holds monsters. Under your bed holds monsters. And you could not tell them that it was not true because their perception was reality to them. Their understanding of what is real and not real was very real to them, right? And so the pain of being looked at, being followed when you went into a store, you know, and so I can talk about my own experiences as a black female. Going into stores, the salespeople following are looking at me. <laughs> now I am, and I speak... When I open my mouth and I talk, 
and I speak and my mannerisms, the way that I dress, the way that I presented myself, there is absolutely nothing threatening about me. But you made a decision because you saw the color of my skin. I remember going to look for apartments and I would talk to the people on the phone and I sound white and I would get there and oh, the apartment was just taken. And I'm like, I just talked to you 20 minutes ago to set up this appointment. And it was because the color of my skin. We are not in our conversation, in the things that we are talking about for wokeism. We are not talking about the real issue of being prejudged by some outward factor, some factor of you that makes you different from them. And I'm doing the air quotes. You can't see air quotes, but I got the air quotes going. There's them and then there's us. Whether you're female and male, white and black, Native American and white, whether um, whatever the them and us is, whether you're Jewish and you're non-Jewish, whether you're Christian and you're non-Christian, there is this, there's, there is this us and them in some instances that is real. We are not saying that that is not real. What we are saying is that it has now come into this place and it has grown such a life of its own. It is, it is taking over everything because it is gaining power. If a fire does not have oxygen, it dies out. But you give it more oxygen, you give it more things to consume, and it will keep growing. And it will never stop. As long as there's air and as long as there's stuff for it consume, it will keep spreading. This is, this is what's happening with evil under the skies or veneer, as Kevin would use, of wokeism. And it, and it has moved in such a way that it is consuming things that normally one would say have nothing to do with being woke. Uh, Kevin, I see you come off mic. Go ahead. Yeah, that, those, those are excellent points, Regina. So here, let's get real here. People still have their preferences. They still prejudge. And they actually do, uh, you know, we see instances of, quote unquote, privilege. We go to the grocery counter and we're behind a couple of, of, of whites who are checking out and they smile to the right people. Hey, how you doing? Oh, yeah, so good. Oh, look at your lovely little one, blah, blah, blah. And they have just a wonderful time. When we step up, we don't even get a hello. They just, you know, just start running our stuff through. I mean, we have, we, we come on, we, we've seen that. We, we know that that still occurs. That, that's just it. But what's it, the, the, the real point of that, Regina, that, that I, that I like to distill is that what the woke movement does is it says, see, that is confirmation that all whites are systemically racist and therefore all whites need to be canceled, quote unquote. We need to take all the power. When, they, when I say we, I mean, I'm talking about we black need to take all the power because they've had the power too long and we should summarily dismiss them, reject them, demonize them, make them. And, and so wait, from, from like what your perfect examples, Regina, prejudgment, uh, some privilege that we see here and there and all of that. And we take that and we go emotionally to the point where, you know, all these people need to be canceled. We just need to be done with white people. Really? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, these are, these are on scale. These are, I mean, that we live in a country that is diverse. We live at a time where we have sincere, in, you know, we have to work with people, a number of people. So how do we really have a healthy work experience with a number of, of people that are varying ethnicities when we have this sort of chip on our shoulders saying, look, these people know uh, they need to be canceled completely. That's just not a realistic way for us to embrace God's humanity. It's not. Great point, Kevin. I'm often in conversations with uh, other African-Americans that whose viewpoint is, is, is kind of skewed that way. The old uh, adage, uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, because some people are disingenuous, uh, racist, or have a uh, 
problems with their fellow man, um, you know, they all should be lumped together. There is the, the premise that uh, uh, the so-called uh, uh, white privilege. But what I like to re remind them, and I, I was reminded of this and being corrected when I had uh, my national radio show, when we talked about these types of things, you had not yet created uh, EBLM. So, because I sure would have had you had, had uh, you, you and Neil and, and Regina on every week for the show, but. I was talking about the historically black colleges and universities, and I made the assumption that the HBCUs were in their founding, were founded and, and financed by black uh, Americans. You know, it was a black thing. And then one of my listeners, who happened to have my cell phone number, texted me and said, that's incorrect, Lonnie. Every HBCU in America was financed by and co-founded in many instances by white people. And I was floored because I thought I knew my history. But again, as I stated earlier, when you don't know all your history, the true history, you can misstep. And so I did my research and I had to apologize on air and had to give uh, uh, my listener a thumbs up <laughs> and, and uh, having enough love for me to correct me on that. Um, because some people are disingenuous or even evil for that, that matter, it doesn't mean that all people were. And as we study the history of America, and you outline a lot of this in, in, in your most recent book, um, you begin to see the full picture. And as you mentioned early, earlier, I had no idea Charles Darwin or his protege, Karl Marx, would, would be the, the chief prevaricators of this evil mindset that exists today that, uh, that they're using uh, within the woke community. Thank you. Again, just want to open the floor up. Anyone listening on stage with us have a question or a comment or a thought? I guess thought and comment are the same thing. I want to give space for that. Continuing down this path, and I purposely take this stance that I am taking not because I disagree at all with anything that Kevin and Lonnie are saying. I always want to make sure that, that we are connecting with people who may come across our conversation and have totally consumed themselves with wokeism and believe that it's right or in the back of their minds that, you know, I don't even know why I need to make a decision about it. And that's that's kind of the questions that you had posed in the first chapter of your book is, am I willing to explore facts and truths even if they are inconvenient to my prevailing thoughts? Am I going to allow myself to be woke? I think sometimes as Christians, we can kind of say, oh, the world's going to hell in a handbasket anyway, so who cares, right? Or... Uh, <laughs> I, I saw this meme, this, uh, that's not a meme. It was a, a real, I don't know where it was, started on TikTok or somewhere. And the, this black girl, she's sitting in bed and she's got her suitcase next to her. And then you hear this like trumpet sound, right? And she gets up out of bed and she grabs her suitcase, picks up her dog, right? And heads out the door. And so what it was is the rapture happened, you know, and she's like waiting for the rapture to come because, <laughs> you know, and it says like waiting for the rapture or something because God knows your bank account is low and you got a whole bunch of baggage you want to get rid of. And it it's it's funny to me that, um, you know, we can have all these different perceptions of when is it our time to to leave this place? But we are called to work while we are here. Right. We are called to labor while we are here. I forgot where I had this conversation because I've been with Kevin and, and Lonnie for a long time and the likes of, of um, Black thought in the way that they think and have been to national conferences and things. And one of the things that happened was this idea that, uh, well, not this idea, but the LGBT agenda, it's not new. Like it, it didn't just pop up on the scene five years ago. It has been something long time planning. And one of the things that was said is that we slept on them. We, we, we were asleep while they were pushing their agendas through the school, while they were electing their politicians, while they were making friends in the 
courtrooms and on the golf courses and in all these various places, this agenda was taking form. And it to me, it's again like that analogy used about a fire. It needs oxygen and it needs stuff to consume. What shocked me about what we thought like, okay, people loving whatever they want, who they want to love. Okay, fine. Go ahead and do that. Never thinking that we would be here now where that has only wedged the door open for transgender, where now that has wedged the door open for men to be competing in girls' sports for, when you see it in the news, you never see like um, the women who who have transgendered to men fighting to go into the men's bathroom. It's always about, and the threat of males going into female bathrooms because of the, the idea that they're going to harm our girls. They're going to um, do things to them because of their strength that they can do to female that females cannot exert over men. Then what we see now is they're competing in the sports. They're taking the sportsmanship. They're allowed to go into the girls' bathroom. And then now they are removing women. They're arguing about what it is to really be a woman. And it's occurring to me that this whole fight has started back from Eve. There's nothing new under the sun. It may take a different shape, but the evil against humanity, because if you slowly but surely define and redefine and take away the powers of a woman and her body and what she does and who she is, you eventually begin to kill off humanity. It shocked me when I saw that this started simply because gay people wanted to love who they wanted to love and be accepted. And we thought that that was simple enough. It's not. It has moved and morphed and become something so much bigger. And another analogy I want to give, and then I'm going to close my mic and and I want some other people to share their thoughts. Uh, The other day, Kevin shared a video with the team about a woman who worked at a an advocacy firm, a white woman. She worked at an advocacy firm for women. They were lawyers who took on cases to help women either with their housing or their children or any kind of legal defense that they needed to help them improve their quality of life. This law firm that she worked at well, it's not, it wasn't a law firm. It was a community agency and they had a law department there. She was talking about the DEI training that had started coming through. And so initially on the surface, you might think, oh, okay, yeah, diversity training. There's nothing wrong with that. But then she talked about how towards the end of the training and what began to happen was everyone had to sign a contract that acknowledged that because they were white, they were automatically racist. And if they denied that, it proved that they were racist. And I'm sitting there looking at this video saying, this is not really happening in 2022. (laughs) You have a community agency supporting women, and these employees are being told now that they have to sign a contract that acknowledges that they are racist because they are white. Nothing ever just starts out simple. Sin is not simple. Simple. Evil is not simple. You know, it's not just, oh, just one little thing. It always morphs into and becomes something ominous. And I think that's what we're, we're talking about, about being woke up. And I release my mic. That's, uh, that's excellent. The other thing that I would add to your, um, you know, so, sort of your, your synopsis there, Regina, was remember when... Homosexuals and 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 LGBT the the whole thing when they said, "Look, we just want to be able to love one another, and all we're asking for you is to be tolerant." Tolerant. That was the main thing, and we said, "Okay, that that is that's an easy ask. We should be tolerant. We should be tolerant." Now with wokeism, tolerance is off the table. There is no there is no tolerance at all. If you dissent from this uh, this this rather rigid ideological frame, which is, you know, more progressive and, and that kind of stuff, then um, you're canceled. <laughs> There's no tolerance. If you don't let that uh, hairy back, you know, 50-year-old man go into the same locker room where your daughter's just got out of the swimming pool and they're taking showers and he's got his, 
stuff there and he's doing his thing and while watching your little girls, there's no tolerance for, for you as a mother. As a matter of fact, this happened, right? Re recent history, just a few months ago. They kicked her out of the YMCA and, and put a lawsuit against her for raising, a, <laughs> raising concern about a big old man doing his thing in front of their babies. I mean, it, it's, it's just, so, so what happened to the days? But to Lonnie's point, it, and to your point, Regina, it always accelerates beyond its original intention and then now we're all being either coerced or forced or pressured into feeling like we either have to be woke or we're an outsider or we're, you know, to be castigated because we don't really follow or we don't really get on with their thing. Where's the tolerance? So so anyway, I just that was just that occurred to me when you said that I, I'll yield the mic. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, again, putting the offer out to anyone that wants to speak. Ah, Jordan, Jordan. go ahead, sir. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, first thing I was going to say, or really the only thing I was going to say is it's kind of easy to see now in hindsight how uh, all of this stuff leads back to one or two things. And not to get too far off topic of the awakening to be woke, but if you follow numerology, you can see it there too. Uh, you can really see the spiritual implications of everything that goes on in the world. So, uh, me, me personally, I can definitely see whether something's in the spirit of uh, light or righteousness or the spirit of darkness or evil. So that's just something I picked up on within the past couple of months. It's real easy to see uh, what's right and what's wrong from a biblical context and how it has played out into this world today. What Wonderful, Jordan. Oh. Oh, sorry. Real quick, Virginia. Wonderful, mm -hmm. wonderful, Jordan, that you see that. Here is the tip-off. If it does not make sense, you can't make sense of it with a rational mind. I'm not saying if, you, if you're a wokester and you just want to continue to be woke, how you can't rationalize. But if it does not make sense, it is absolutely spiritual warfare. It, you, you, you know, you've seen these things happen, and you cannot rationalize it. You cannot put it in, in a biblical frame. You can't put it in a logical frame. It just does not make sense. That is a, a real tell for this is really spiritual warfare. You got wickedness and you got righteousness and they're at war and that's what's happening. So, sorry. Go ahead, Regina. No, I was just going to ask you, Jordan, I was going to prick you, you know, pick your brain a little what was the turning point? Was there something that happened, something you read that made you have that aha moment? Uh, for me, I, I was kind of just paying attention to all the, I don't want to say celebrity stuff, but the stuff that happens in the entertainment realm, how people lead the earth, how people die, the headlines and all this stuff. And just on that side, that, that side of the table, looking at the, the spiritual implications behind the contracts that people uh, create or people sign and I was looking at that and then I look at how they promote how because you know these the entertainers whether they be athletes uh, musicians or actors or actresses they all have they all promote a certain they all promote a certain uh, lifestyle or certain ideology and I look at what they promote in the music videos or on you know, movies, and I see how it, I see what I see what it's doing in society, and so I can I put the two I put those two things together, and that's kind of just how I saw it. Thank you for that. Again, it is. Go ahead, Lonnie. I just want to quickly add to what uh, Jordan was saying, uh, and I agree one hundred percent. It's you'll just note that uh, it seems to be a precursor to them getting contracts, television appearances, uh, movies. Uh, whatever it happens to be, they have to be a part of that agenda that runs directly afoul to uh, uh, the tenets of the faith. And then you have a good portion of the community that traditionally has been um, where there was a line between the, that type of foolishness and, and truth, which is the church. You see the church begin to acquiesce to it uh, so that they can be accepted and to uh, be left alone. And then it was jotting some things down the other day which is you know what happens when the when salt loses its saltiness you know and, and scripture says that the church is you know the salt of the earth 
and salt of society. And they begin to acquiesce and adapt these same types of things just so that they can get along because everybody wants to be nice. You see that take place. And it's, it's truly saddening, but it's, it's going to take individuals like that are on this call today that are bold enough to stand up and speak the truth. Um, as my dear old dad would say, let the truth, uh, let the chips fall where they may. That's going to change this. If not, they will continue to move forward with this agenda. And they're already telling us what we can say and what we can't say. And at times it costs us jobs, positions, leadership. In many, many areas, you're affected. And so it's, it's going to take that. But great observation, Jordan. Go ahead, Aim. Hello. How are everyone doing? Welcome to the platform. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, letting me come up and speak. Um, I think I heard Kevin speaking um, in the apostle room. When I first heard me speak upon things, I was just like, like, this is awesome because I've been studying this this thing they laid out, this plan. And um, if, you, if you all ever heard of Alice Bailey, the 10-point plan, I stumbled across that years ago. But I, I just hid the information in the sense to, to always keep track, like like just check the timeline of how she's saying uh to break the uh the families and break people from uh Christianity, take it out of schools, um, make divorce uh easy, um use media to influence people and to give children the rights of uh with the Children Care Act with uh protecting children from abuse, but as far as they use that for uh parents not to be able to chastise their children. Um, and then also the, the last thing that she said that she will uh she wrote in her letter was to make um sex a choice. So when I sat back and I look at things now, I'm like, wow, this woman laid this stuff out, like I think in 1968, somewhere like that. I'm like, way before our time, and then like to see it, um, or actually 18. But it was way, way back before I, I, I know of, and just see everything laid out, just understanding they had a blueprint the whole time as far as, you know, with the music of uh, making chants and playing music backwards and things of that nature and starting from rock and roll and, uh, converted that over to hip hop and listening to the music now and uh, how they drown out conscious rap or positive rap, that, you know, rap with a positive message to pushing everything that's negative. But when you go back and read their plan of Albert Pike and all those fellas and those women, they was like planning this out for mankind for a long time. So I'm just thankful uh, to Yahweh to come in and, and hear this and just confirmation that it's been studying the right way. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Aim. I appreciate that. Please back channel me that document. I uh, I didn't catch the name, um, but if you just send me a message with that 10-point plan, I'd love to, to look that up as well. I want to circle back to what Kevin had dovetailed about tolerance. And it is really, I never thought about that point, but yes, even though I was kind of saying that, but as he said it, it really rung true to me that in the beginning, because most of us here, except for maybe Jordan, I don't know how old you are, Aim, <laughs> but most of us here can go back 20 years, you know, when we were young adults, can remember that LGBT, it wasn't even that, it was just called a gay and lesbian at the time, or not even just gay. It was about just let us have our space. It has control completely morphed into this much broader thing, but that that is the way that sin works, isn't it? I mean, just look at what happened from Adam to Noah. I mean, it got, they didn't have social media then, right? But somehow from Adam to Noah, the world had gotten so disgustingly corrupt that Elohim decided he needed to cleanse all of mankind. He just had to wipe them out and start over and it grieved him, but he still gave us free choice, right? And so now we look from Noah and we see parts of those things happening in Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, we look at cleansing of ethnic cleansing that's happened in all parts of the world, not just with the Jews, but in parts of Africa, in parts of Asia and China. And so sin, I'm trying to think of that scripture, but there's that scripture, right? In Proverbs that says there are five things that are never full. And um, one of them was the tomb and something else. I'm going to find that scripture in just a moment, but there are things about sin that just never 
are going to stop. And tolerance has turned into transgenders, half-naked men or women going into a classroom as show and tell. Tolerance has taken this whole other redefine of the word. It has become something other than what we we thought we were giving, right? You give an inch and they take a mile. The woke is what's happening. Now, the question is, what do we do from here, right? And those will be kind of the conversations that we'll have and we'll continue to have because it's not to sit here and go, oh, woe is us. You know, it's too late. It's never too, too late. Can we wipe everything out and start over? No. Can we influence our circle and those who are in our lives and hope that it's a ripple effect? Yes, we can do that. But we have to be aware. We have to make a conscious decision. I think for all of us, we understand that that can start with how we vote in those who are governing us, right? And um, I'm hoping, I think I've done the next two rooms, but there will be a room very soon that we're going to feature Neil and he's going to talk about his book that Jesus was, and it's crossed out, it says, is involved in politics. Just begin to have that discussion because we know from even studying the Torah that there shouldn't really need to be a separation of church and state. There are things and laws and policies that should govern not just how we have our relationship with our creator, but how we have our relationship with each other and those around us. Is it too late to say that the Torah is not powerful enough to reform? I don't believe that. Can we reform and change the whole world? That's not going to happen just because we understand prophecy. And even Jesus said in Matthew, you know, the things he talked about the end times. And yeah, they believe they were in the end times then. <laughs> Imagine if they're looking down on us now, they're like, wow, <laughs> you guys. But didn't it say that in the last day, this will be like Noah? But anyways, I um I want to give a chance for Lonnie and Kevin to kind of comment and anybody else, because we'll close up this room in about 15 or 20 minutes. Kevin, you want to comment on anything? Yeah, I just want to say um, it, it, it was not only that document. We'd love to have that document, by the way. Uh, uh, AIM, was it AIM? Or, yeah, I think it was AIM. Uh, please get that. If you can back channel that to Regina, it'd be great. But the Communist Manifesto as well laid out in intricate detail. And I mean, that thing was written almost 100 years ago, Communist Manifesto. And if you look at it with what it was, what Marx wanted at that time and where we are today, man, I mean, it is, we are right on point. Now, it's taken them some time, but here's the thing about evil. Evil is patient, man. I mean, you know, evil... <laughs> Satan's like, okay, I'll bide my time, but ultimately I'm going to conquer, destroy these people, right? So we're in that we're in that time. To me, it's like, and what's been resonating very strongly with me, to your point, Regina, as as in the days of Noah, that's been on my heart a lot over the past, let's say, three weeks. I think we're we're really kind of we have a real adjacent time with with that right now. The analogy is 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 right on point with where we are and, and as in the days of Noah. And so I don't and we know what 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 God did to destroy uh civilization at that time and and a lot of people are speculating we're at the end of our timeline and we'll see Yeshua HaMashiach come break through the clouds and we'll be you know, but I, I don't know where that timeline really ultimately is. I just know that we are in very precarious times. Uh, so, you know, uh, we just, you know, we, we anticipate God's uh, arriving, uh, the Lord coming and all of that. But we'll just be vigilant and continue to do what we can. Our awakening to woke is to just be vigilant about the times, the season and the schemes of men that are being used to manipulate us and deceive us into thinking that something is good, wholesome, and just when it's really demonic and, and wretched and terrible. So anyway, that's fundamentally what we're talking about here is just be awakened to the point where you could sense what's happening and not just be gripped and swept into 
the demonic culture and everything else that's happening uh, around it. Thank you, Kevin. Um, and, and, and on point as usual, brother. I was just thinking that um, what's encouraging is this type of environment we're in with this call, with these wonderful, learned individuals that are uh, chiming in and, and, and listening in on today's call. It, it encourages me. And uh, I was just thinking, Scripture says we are to occupy until Christ's triumphant return. You know, the end times, and there's been predictions going back, well, almost since Jesus was here, of when that would be. Uh, the indications are that uh, uh, the time is short rather than long, but uh, we as, as believers should be encouraged that as the brethren draw near together, there is strength and that uh, we can uh, still show up for every battle and, and we can win them because of uh, who dwells within us, the Holy Spirit. Uh, I believe that uh, Christ will tr return for a uh, triumphant church and, um, without spot or blemish, uh, but we must fight. We can't sit back and as I used to say on my show, can't have our bags packed waiting at the train station for Jesus to come. And, and train coming, yeah, is, that, is that Jesus? Train goes by, no, no, that wasn't him. Uh, okay, what about this next train? But we should be learned and ready for when he does return. Uh, but we must do something. We can't sit on our hands with our bags packed and say, I'm out of here. You know, Jesus beam me up. It, it doesn't work that way. We are a church that fights. In fact, Scripture says we are an army, and armies show up and fight, and that's why uh, I'm so tremendously, feel so tremendously blessed to be a part of uh, of this wonderful ministry that uh, Kevin, you, and Neil, and Regina, and the other members of the team have put together. It's an exciting time, as my old pastor would say. He was a fighter. He loved to fight the good fight of faith, and so. I'm a fighter as well, and we all are on this call, so be encouraged. I, I went and looked for that scripture. So it's in Proverbs chapter 30, and I want to read a few verses. I'm on Proverbs 30, 11. It says, There's a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. There's a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation... Oh, how lofty are their eyes and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are as swords and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. The horse leech has two daughters crying, give, give. There are three things that are never satisfied. Yea, four things that say not it is enough. The grave the barren womb, the earth that is not filled with water, and fire that saith not it is enough. And I think Solomon had a, a lot of wisdom in writing these. He lived probably to see his generation come through. I mean, he was closer to Noah than we were, than we are. He'd probably seen a lot of things. And so when I was talking earlier about how wokeism is like a fire it is going to consume as long as there's oxygen and there's things to burn and it it does not care it is not a respecter of persons being awake to understand that the insidiousness of evil it's not going to to stop and for those of us who can look back and see just with the LGBT community and even to the point when marriage became legal we think okay that's good now right that's what you wanted now that signed into law okay but now it still continues to keep going and it does not have any intention of stopping so putting our head in the sand to think that it's going to be okay compromise is always going to destroy righteousness. It's always going to attempt to. We have to understand that we, with truth, can defend our borders and where we are. And then those who, who want to run in and be safe can find those towers and that city can be built and, and there can be pockets of place in this earth where truth is prevailing. But we need to to build those places. And um, our apostle talks about a commonwealth and there's a whole bunch more to the commonwealth, but just for today, anyways, we wanna thank you. Yeah.
This is the end of our discussion today. Thank you so much for joining us. We would love to hear your voice, so please consider joining us live on Clubhouse every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until next week, have a great day.